listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon today we continue our conversations in the set apart to serve series today we get to learn about dces which i also happen to be a dce director of christian education and it's great to have some dces in studio with me today we have maria devonport she's a dce and director of discipleship ministries at redeemer lutheran church in fort collins colorado thanks so much for joining me today maria thanks for having me and dr thaddeus warren dce and chair of human and social sciences at concordia university nebraska thanks so much for being here thad yeah my pleasure. And you also both serve on NADCE, National Association of Directors of Christian Education. That's a really long title. You both serve on the, that board as well. What are your roles on that board, Maria? Uh, that is correct. And I am currently the chair-elect. And so the rest of my term will go until August. Very good. And that? I currently am serving as the chair of the board. And my term will be done next August. Yeah. And she'll become the, the chair. Yes, I will be the chair next August. So. And we'll learn more about this organization, what National Association of DCEs is all about, NADCE is all about, later in the program. I want to start about start off with your path to becoming directors of Christian education, becoming church workers. Maria, when did you first start thinking about being a church worker? Well, I thought about being a church worker actually when I was four years old. And I didn't really know it was a church worker I was going to be, but there was a special moment in Sunday school, and and I just remember God's Spirit speaking to me through this verse. We made this little rainbow craft plate like you do when you're in Sunday school, (laughs) and the verse on there was, Faith, Hope, Love, Abide These Three. The greatest of these is love. And at that moment, I, I really believe that God just put in my heart, hey, you know what? I'm calling you to work with people and to serve people. And there were some other things that happened along the way. But but when I was four years old, I felt that first kind of tug in, in that direction. So Started thinking about it. What were then the next steps that led up to that eventually? It, you, you studied to become a director of Christian education. Um, yeah. Well, I was a typical high school student. Didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated from high school. I was really involved in water sports. So I was actually planning on going to San Diego State hoping to play water polo with a women's team. And my pastor, Pastor Edmund Aho, he was Finnish, and my mom kept bugging me about going to visit Christ College Irvine at the time, Concordia University in Irvine. And I finally gave in, (laughs) and I went to visitation day, and I saw the DCE program on there. Didn't know what a DCE was. And I sat down and heard Steve Christopher, who is now retired DCE, and I knew at that moment that's what God is calling me to, which I know isn't usually the case, but but that was the moment I knew thanks to really our mom's faithfulness in raising us in the faith and the pastor just encouraging, you know, a high school student to, to check out maybe what God has planned. So, Thad, how about for you? When did you first start thinking about becoming a director of Christian education or a church worker in general? Yeah, mine was probably a little more of a process than it was a defining moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grew up in a church body that wasn't a Lutheran church and uh, ended up going to Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska, really by being recruited as an athlete. 
And I always say I was an athlete and I, I wanted to be an athlete in the worst way. And, and I was, but, <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I went to college thinking I would be a teacher and perhaps a coach. And I was really thinking of public education and ran into a few friends that were studying church work, both pre-seminary and, and DCE work. <clears throat> and, you know, was curious about it, but didn't think much about it. And kind of had a crisis of faith my freshman year where I would say it was a, a defining moment. And through that, I really fell in love with the Lutheran Church and had some incredible mentors as professors and and, and fellow friends, right? Some of them are serving today in the church. And just my walk through that experience at college, I really started wrestling with the idea of, you know, being a teacher. And then one of my mentors, Russ Moulds, who's a, a retired professor at Concordia, he kept asking me a question, and he asked it multiple times. He said, well, you can be a Christian and a teacher in the in public school, but why not be in a Lutheran school? And he asked me enough times, it got pretty irritating. <laughs> and I remember saying, what the heck? And I found myself praying one night about it. And at that point, it was like, you know, I feel like I'm resisting this. What, what What's the deal with that? And about the same time, I was taking a class where I had to do some field work. And part of that field work was to teach. And in this particular setting, I had to teach in the Sunday school. And it was a high school, Sunday school. And first day I showed up and felt pretty clueless and just made an incredible connection with the kids. And as I did that, it became pretty clear that I, I, I had a passion there. And so I went back and I met with the DC director at that time was William Carpinko and said, I think I want to be a DCE. And he said, are you nuts? Because at that point I was a, I was a senior. And I said, well, I really don't want to stay in school for another couple of years. So he encouraged me to go ahead and, and to pursue, you know, Lutheran education and to go ahead and get certified as a teacher and then take a call. <clears throat> and so... I finished up the next year doing my uh, doctorate classes and interp and and received my certification. I since joined the Lutheran Church and and then my first call was really a kind of ironic. It was as a teacher in an elementary school and doing youth ministry and education in the church. And so as as I kind of just struggled with that, that that was the path. And ever since then, God's just continually grab me by my hair and just kind of say, says to me, be faithful. And, and the path has gotten me where I'm at. And ironically, I'm, I'm back at a university, the university that I was at and, and teaching, teaching others about the faith and about Jesus. And, and it's, it's just been a wonderful blessing and a wonderful road. And you're not alone. You're not the only one who changed to the DCE program in senior year or started thinking about the DCE program in senior year. Mm-hmm. I did that winter quarter of senior year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's a little bit of a change. But obviously it turned out to be a great path for you as yeah. well. And you've served. Let, let's talk about some of the ways that you've served as a DCE through the years. You've served, obviously you were a teacher and, yeah. a, and a yeah. serving in youth ministry as well. Right. My first call was in youth ministry and education in the church and, and in the school really loved it. It was good stuff. I started seeing needs of of people in ministry, really, in regards to families, broken families and 
struggles they were having. And uh, I saw that Concordia University had a, a master's degree that you could do somewhat distance in regards to working with families. And so I started that master's program. And over the course of a year or two, really felt more and more called into doing that and had been encouraged by some folks to go ahead and get certified as a DCE. And so I went back to Concordia University for another year full-time, and I was finishing my master's and working on a, a specialist degree in director of Christian education. And so ended up back at school, and uh, that was a great formative experience as well, and getting to work with students that I had I got to mentor, actually, and so that was that was kind of a fun thing. And then took a call to, to Colorado, where I served as a DCE for a number of years there, doing all kinds of stuff, even, even starting a school. So God has kind of used all those gifts, amalgamated together to do things. And then from there, I, I took a call to Concordia St. Paul in, sorry, Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota. And served as the, the D.C. director there, training D.C.s. So that was my entryway into higher education. <clears throat> served there for four years and then went to Concordia University where I was just serving as a professor, training D.C.s, working in theology, education, and psychology. And as God would have it, and my hair is showing, he continues to, <laughs> to shape me and mold me. And now I currently serve as a department chair and I oversee the D.C. program and some other programs as well. So, Maria, how about you? How have you had the opportunity to serve as a director of Christian education? I've, I've had a great experience. After I graduated from Irvine, my internship and my first call was at Redeemer in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is actually the district I met Thad in when he was serving in Colorado. And we even did a district mission trip to Mexico a couple times. We were reminiscing about about some of those experiences, which was lots of fun. And I served there for almost five years. I went back to San Diego. I made the mistake of saying, God, thank you for bringing me back home. That's where I grew up. I will never leave. And after being in San Diego for five years, serving kind of the gamut children's ministry up through adults, I received a call to go to Spokane, Washington. And that was really specialized in middle school and high school ministry. And I also felt the need to, that I need to be equipped better to serve families. So I also went back to Concordia in Nebraska this time, and I received my master's in family life education and ministry And that was such a gift for me to be able to share that with the people that I served there. And I was there for 17 years and almost a year ago to the middle of August we're in right now, I took a new call and I have shifted out of youth ministry into adult discipleship. So I've been at Redeemer in Fort Collins, Colorado, back again, which is kind of weird. It's same but different. And, and it's new. It's it's hard to start over sometimes, especially when you've been somewhere. My heart has been and will always be in youth ministry. Middle school and high school kids will always be my passion. But but sometimes God calls us to get out of our comfort zone. So it's been great so far. <laughs> so you both had great experiences in that formation, and that formation continues as you go back to school to learn more, gain more skills, to serve the people that you have been given to serve, and now serving in different capacities than what you 
started yes, off yes. in. So that kind of changes over time. It's, it's neat to see how as your gifts change and you're given opportunities to serve in different capacities. We have more to talk about directors of Christian education in our Set Apart to Serve series here on the Coffee Hour in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. We are in our Set Apart to Serve series talking with directors of Christian education today. We have Dr. Thaddeus Warren, Chair of Human Services and Social Sciences at Concordia University, Nebraska, and Maria Devonport, Director of Discipleship Ministries at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. We've been learning about your interest in becoming a DCE, that formation process as well, and going into the field and serving as a DCE. Who are the people that encouraged you throughout that those early years of thinking about becoming a DCE? Who supported you? Who encouraged you to to even pursue that? I, I would have to go back again to my mom and, mm-hmm. and my pastor just encouraging me to check out Christ College Irvine, Concordia University. And and then once I got there, I I knew on paper what a DCE was, but I didn't really understand that practically, what that looked like. And there were just amazing professors and even fellow classmates that I went with in, in college who had had experiences with DCEs. And I tried to just soak it all in, what I was learning, what I was seeing. And early on, too, we, as a student, we get opportunities to interact in certain circles where there's DCEs and gatherings and things like that. And Sherry Salander was one of of my mentors. And then at my first call in Colorado, it was Sandy Wendelin and Linda Olson, longtime DCEs in our synod and just wonderful servants. And so they really, really just kind of walked with me and if I needed help or had questions I knew I knew there was someone in the community that would be willing to to help me. Dad, how about for you? Who were those people that encouraged you, supported you? Yeah. Well, like I said, I I probably kind of came into it more through a process. Mm-hmm. Sure. And when I was in in college, many professors just were very encouraging. It really taught me to fall in love with theology and uh, the application of that just through conversations and wrestling and struggling with understanding doctrine and understanding how we relate to one another. And and so I kind of really fell in love with the disciplines, you know, that, that kind of follow along what a DCE does. I, I love to understand people and to see how they tick and work and understand relationships and to help in relationships and understand our relationship with God and, and how that works. And then really, how do we educate people? One of the the grounding principles of DCEs is is a, f- a foundation in Christian education. 
pedagogy and the, and learning how to teach, right? A very valuable resource. And, and so the, you know, the teaching degree that I got was very formative in that, but also really spending time with, with folks that were educators in the church, much like Maria, just mentors, some longtime folks that have that started before DCE ministry started and kind of were serving in DCE roles, some folks that had become DCEs and really just was privy to some amazing people. Folks like John Elmshauser, Sandy Wendelin, Linda Olson, some of those folks in Colorado, a couple of folks down in the in the Southern District, actually a pastor, David Lewis, got to see his wife last night. It was kind of fun. And just, just I would say, people not giving up, right? People committing themselves to me long-term, especially some professors, theology professors, psych professors, education professors. Mm. So, You mentioned some people who were serving in, in these capacities before the DCE program even existed, before we officially had the, the office of DCE in our church body. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about that history. DCEs formed from the need for parish education professionals, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at yeah. parishes that didn't have Lutheran schools. And this was in the 50s, is that right? Yeah, formally. There's some historical records, maybe a little bit farther back. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, really, the 50s was early, early signs of the teacher of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, talking with one of our history professors at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, we've come to the conclusion that Melanchthon was actually the first DCE. So <laughs> Melanchthon was the first well, DCE. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it goes back a little bit further. But looking at that history, though, of, of directors of Christian education, we've had thousands of DCEs throughout the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, throughout that history. What do... What does the National Association of DCEs, NADCE, what does that organization do to serve DCEs and to serve the church at large today? Who wants to, I know both of you serve on the board, who wants to to address that? Well, I'll start start with that as much more well-spoken and knowledgeable, but we just taught our NADCE board meeting to go back to what are we about and the basics, and you asked the education question, and part of that National Association of DCEs is Christian education that, you know, we we are the, the teachers in the parish. We're not in the school setting, but we come alongside each other as educators in the faith and advocacy, lifting up other DCEs, supporting people, helping to build that community, especially as a, a DCE in a parish. And for new DCEs who come out into the field, it's hard to go from a community in college to suddenly you're out there by yourself. And so that idea of a community where we can advocate for one another. And the third one. (laughs) Oh, you're talking about that? Yeah. It's advocacy, Christian education, and And my mind just You said that to me and I just forgot. So (laughs) we're really about a professional organization that supports DCEs. We provide resources for them. That's the third area Mm -hmm. that we do in regards to building them up, encouraging them, and, you know, helping them along the path wherever they're at across the lifespan. So, For one who might be interested in 
learning more about becoming a DCE, what are what does that process look like? We talked about each of your stories of becoming a DCE. Maria looking at Concordia University Irvine and finding out more about the program. Yours, Thad, while you were at at Concordia, Nebraska, thinking about planning on being a teacher and then learning more about the program there as well. What does that process look like today for someone who might want to become a DCE? They would go through a DCE program. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Certification in the church Mm -hmm. requires that you would go through a a program or at least a similar program and then at least receive colloquization or the theological training that you need. The primary route to become a DCE would be to do an undergraduate degree at one of the, the preparatory schools, one of the Concordias that has a DCE training program. Mm-hmm. And so you'd ask the question, the first part of your question was, I believe, about how, how are DCEs or how do people explore this, right, and what, what happens with that. More and more, we have over 600 DCEs serving in parishes in the Synod currently, and we find that that really a, a large number of church workers, not just DCEs, but teachers, pastors, deaconesses, really are influenced by those workers that are out in the church. And so they're, they're seeing them do the job. They identify with what's there, and then they, they ask questions. And that's really kind of the primary, you know, in, introduction to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, it really is exploring the profession and identifying with, with what it takes to, to become a DCE. We we do that in lots of different ways. Our church body now and Set Apart to Serve is doing a great job of reaching out and trying to find ways to make those connections. And that also happens through each of the universities as they reach out, but also just the laity as they connect with, with church work professions and, and encourage others in the faith. Oh, there also mm-hmm. is an opportunity if you already have your degree, at least this past year, to get your DCE certification. So maybe you're a little older, you've already gotten your undergrad degree, you can go back for your master's and become DCE certified. Or, or go through a specialist program. Yes, a specialist program. So you don't have to be a, a young kid going into college to, to be a DCE. There's second One. career people. Yeah. What are some things you study? What do you study in order to become a director of Christian education? Mm-hmm. Well, theology, obviously. That's is important. A big part of it. <laughs> That's the content and subject matter, right, of teaching the faith. And the role of DCE really is one that, that comes alongside the pastor within the pastoral office and uh, and is the teacher of faith. And uh, so we're studying pedagogy or educational methodology as well. So mm-hmm. theology, education, and then usually it's in the social human sciences of some way, hence my connection uh, mm-hmm. with what I teach now. But understanding people, understanding the best ways to connect with one another, understanding relational connections, those types of things. So discipline-wise, that's, that's, that's really the foundation. And there's generally practical experience along with that as well. Yeah, very much so. In fact, required both both field work while you're studying to be a DCE, which is really what we kind of joke about and call it vocational clarity. But it really is. It's getting mm-hmm. out and practicing and seeing if this is something that, that you really want to do and be a part of. And if you're if you really are called by God to do that. And then DCEs are required to do a, a year long internship. And that internship, you know, encompasses being full time at a at a church or in a ministry setting where you're, you know, practicing gifts. And that's a supervised process. And so there's a university supervisor as well as an on site supervisor. And there's evaluations that take place during that time. 
And at the successful completion of that, then then you are allowed to receive a call and become a minister of the church. I think one of the misconceptions is that DCEs are just about youth ministry. And that's one of the things I love about DCEs, Directors of Christian Education, is that, yes, there are those that specialize in youth, but they can be used in such numerous capacities. Just, you know, me being a discipleship director and working with adults, you know, that there's a lot of different ways to come alongside the members of the congregation and to support the pastoral office and what he does by doing different things. So those experiences you have in college, too, also help you guide you. Maybe maybe I shouldn't work in children's ministry, but I love adults. (laughs) Really, the foundation is is grounded in this idea of lifespan religious education. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that happens in a parish. Sometimes that happens over the air or in a podcast as well. It does, yes. (laughs) Or wherever. That's right. Lots of different places. Well, thank you both for spending some time with me, sharing with us about DCEs, the option for second career DCEs, and NADCE as well. It's been great having this time with you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's been been a good time. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.